It's Michael. And I'm Stacy. And welcome back to the Hollerback Podcast, a show by Appalachians about things going on in Appalachia. And today we have a special guest, Madison Mooney. She is a master's student here at the University of Kentucky, and she is working on some pretty cool work. So, Madison, how's it going? Hey, y'all. Um, going pretty good. Um, excited to be here, you know, to talk about a little bit of the work that I'm doing and uh, to, you know, just to be a part of this little show of yours. So, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for your time, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I said, today's podcast, we're going to dive into really a, a pretty major issue that's going on in eastern Kentucky. Again, we're all from that part of the Appalachia, so... Um, that's really our locus of control and perspective. But mm-hmm. um, a problem that we're seeing pretty heavily is water quality issues and um, leaching water from different, you know, water pipes, things like that. Um, high in- or high uh, utility rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that not a lot of folks really know about or yeah. care to look into. And so we just wanted to kind of elevate that issue and talk with Madison because she's from Martin County, one of the counties that's been hardest hit um, by this issue, and she's doing some really cool work in regards to it. So, um, but first, we want to start and just learn a little bit more about Madison and um, talk more about her journey and how she got here. Um, but we'll just start out with um, what was your, I guess, what was your undergrad experience like, and what made you want to get your master's in social work? All right. So, <clears throat> like I like he mentioned, my name is Madison Mooney. Um, I'm from Martin County, um, also known as Honest Kentucky. Uh, I went to Allisley College for my undergrad degree. Go Eagles. Yeah, go Eagles. Yeah, they just won region. Good old Pippa passes. (laughs) Old Pippa. Yes, two miles, one way. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I went to Allisley College to get my bachelor's in sociology. Uh, My experience there, it felt like home. It was a very small college, about 500 students total. Um, commute and on campus and it wasn't like overwhelming but it was like Mm -hmm. still like a humbling experience because it felt like a very community um, aspect of things and it reminded me of my hometown awesome so yeah I was very excited to go there um starting out there I felt like going to a bigger university such as the University of Kentucky at first would be overwhelming for me even though I seem to be like an extroverted person but when it comes to like my education I kind of want it like Smaller classroom setting, mm-hmm. focus on my education, not a lot of distractions. So I knew Allisley was my first go-to pick for that. So, and also I did like softball there, hey, um, nice. was part of the Voices of Appalachia, and I was able to travel and sing and represent um, Allisley College in that manner as well. So I did a lot of things regarding those um, fun entities that the college offered. But um, how I trickled to the University of Kentucky yes. um it was a fun story. Uh, so my professors at Allisley College, um, they recommended me to apply for this Master of Social Work program. At first, I thought I would never make it this far. <laughs> but I gave it a shot, and I applied, and I was accepted like a month later. And I packed up all my things and left the mountains and came to Lexington. And I live in this uh, apartment complex. It's called the uh, Caney Cottage, and it's only for uh, – graduate students, people who graduated from Allisley College who are pursuing a professional master's or doctoral degree that can live there for free. So no rent. The only thing we have to pay for is like Wi-Fi and like laundry and our own grocery expenses. So 
So, yeah, coming to University of Kentucky for the Master's of Social Work program, I've always had a passion for helping people, but mm-hmm. I never knew how or which way. Teaching, I just felt like I didn't want to be constricted to the classroom setting, I guess, more or less. I mean, kudos to the ones that do do this, th- be a teacher, because, like, for me, it, I wouldn't be who I am without mm-hmm. their, you know, the classroom, the teachers. But for me, I wanted to do something to reach more people and to help like families in that instinct of things. So social work, I felt like, started to become my calling. And so coming to the university and being involved with the Master's of Social Work program, I'm graduating this May. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that's big. <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey. And uh, my goal with this degree and this um, pro- from this program is to go back to the Appalachian region and open up my non- a nonprofit and a private practice surrounding mental health issues and helping families and children and adolescents who are dealing with mental health issues and fighting the stigma of therapy and mental health practice in the Appalachian region. That's so awesome. So incredible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be like a very long process, but that's definitely my big arching goal. And coming to Lexington was the first leap of getting to start this process because this is where you can build networking um, connections, rapport, and help and find people who've built nonprofits and practiced non and private practices to be able to see how to do these things and bring it back to the region. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to replenish where I'm from and give back to the area. And this is one of the ways that I believe that would be sufficient for my hometown and for the region. Yeah, but that's so noble because, you know, like mental health is just a part of the human experience in my opinion. And there's definitely a stigma surrounding that. And so <coughs> I think that anybody that tries to tackle that issue as a whole and just you know going at it with all the passion that you have um Mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of madison mooney so (laughs) truly i'm like happy (laughs) that you're gonna be graduating like happy for you but like also like for my own selfish um purposes like please don't leave um (laughs) oh i'll be near the app center i'm just gonna be in georgetown so (laughs) bless okay me and dr engel will surely surely miss you um (laughs) So diving in to a little bit about your research. So, okay. um, yeah, me and Michael just are really interested because we know that last year you did Water Week here mm-hmm. um, at UK. And so just tell us a little bit more about that, how you, you know, became passionate about the water crisis in eastern Kentucky. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I guess where I started gaining a passion for it was um, in – undergrad whenever a lot of people were asking questions about um my hometown and like whether or not like I drink the water there or whatnot and then it started flourishing more once I got into um the master's program here at the University of Kentucky um so Dr. Engel sent me an email almost two years ago um requesting students who are from Martin County to come and meet at the Appalachian Center to see if anybody wants to get involved with any work dealing with Martin County and the water crisis. And so I'm like, who are students that are from my area that are here at the University of Kentucky? So I randomly went to this little tiny house with a little tiny woman standing there. And it was little old Dr. Engel. Little but mighty. Little but very oh, mighty. I mean, fierce. <laughs> fierce. Oh, Lord, yes. And so she just hooked me and reeled me in like it was nothing. And... I just got involved with the work and and what's going on. So um, as a, like a student preference of it, like I've been able to get involved with an internship program with uh, Dr. Engel's help and the Appalachian Center. 
So over the summer, I was able to be hands-on with the Martin County Water and Health Study, which is a research project dealing with uh, Martin County residents and testing their tap water within their home and then asking questions about their health and their water within the home. And so during this process, we had to sample and, and um, ask survey questions to 100 residents. And so we had the old door knocking method where you go to a front door and we, with a random address, and we walk on their porch and we're like, hey, um, we're from the University of Kentucky. We're here to do this, pro we're here to test your water and to ask questions about the health in your water within your home. And, you know, at, at first, like, people would get nervous or scared because they're like, researchers coming on my property, you know? That's mm -hmm. something that's hardly <clears throat> uncommon. But, like, once they see a familiar face and a name, they were more welcoming to this project. So, so did you know a lot of people that oh, you... I was able to know a lot, or they know who I was because of my father or my family. Right. And so they knew that we were good people, mm -hmm. I guess, more or less, because you know how... Where we're from, you know, if you don't know their grandma or their father or so-and-so's cousin, you know, they, they, if they know them, they're more welcoming to mm -hmm. let you in and let you right. be involved. So, and I mean, I think that that's, as we've learned throughout different Appalachian Studies classes, it's that perception is not just inherent. It's, you know, it's, it's caused by, you know, years and years of exploitation and, mm -hmm. and really yeah. being taken advantage of by yeah. people who... You know, folks in Appalachia see as outsiders. So mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. it's interesting that you talk about something like this, that you know, that history is damaging to a point where you and and researchers here at UK are trying to do really good work, but yeah. the years of systematic neglect are, you know, posing a challenge to that. And so mm -hmm. I think that I say that just to point out, Appalachian folks aren't just like crotchety and mean. You know, it's there's yeah. a, there's a history there. And two, I think it's really really cool that you and folks in the Appalachian Center who are associated with the area and, and are familiar with mm -hmm. the people are conducting this research because it's it's so important. Yeah, like the people who are on this research team, like three out of the four are from Martin County. Mm -hmm. So Nina McCoy, she's probably my role model when it comes to everything of the, all the work that I've been doing. She's been involved with the Martin County water crisis and everything that's happened since the slurry spill in the 2000s. And that slurry spill was massive and really destroyed mm -hmm. all of, like, our waterways and, like, some parts of cold water and the Tug River. And then... I just want to backtrack because yeah. people might not really understand what we say when we say slurry spill, but... It's like a sludge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, slurry is like a sludge, like, coal waste mm -hmm. that is yeah. um, just sitting and, like, um, just sitting there and just getting just all these toxins, like, into the soil and it broke through a land um, mine, and it just spread it across, like, waterways and land across Martin County. Mm -hmm. And so she's been involved since that moment on, and it's been almost two decades now. Through your research and through this project, what – I mean, you're a resident, so yeah. nothing might have, you know, surprised you by this, yeah. but what's something that you guys learned or, or a story that you heard that – just really shocked you or that you didn't think about before you started engaging with the community in the way that you did? Well, I've been able to like see and hear hands-on about what the residents do on a day-to-day -day basis and how they would go without without clean water or without water at all within their home. And 
I won't disclose names, but there was this one resident who really just touched my heart where they would truck up a mountain to go get clean water, spring water, and put those in gallons of drugs and then bring it back to their house and use that and boil that to cook and clean and drink from. And it's just like, I mean, yes, I live in the county, and yes, I'm impacted by these water issues that are happening, but I'm blessed enough to be able to drive to Walmart, even though it's 30 minutes away from where I'm from, and get, like, reverse osmosis water, which is a filtration cleaner water that's in Walmart for, like, 30 cents because I have a car. There's some residents that live in Martin County that don't have the idea of transportation. And so that, so stuff like that kind of just broke my heart a little bit, just seeing these residents do the extra mile and having to, like, go find a neighbor to take them to go get clean water or go up the mountain and get spring water. I mean, some residents don't do that, but, like, that was just one that kind of just stuck out. It was, like, this mom going up there three, four times, like, a week just to get water. And there's some families that use jug water for everything from brushing their teeth to using it for their coffee. There's some people that even bought their own, like, machinery to infiltrate and clean water in their home. So it's like everyone has their story and their reason why they don't trust the water system. Mm -hmm. But it all goes back down to me, like, besides, like, not having the clean water and, like, updating infrastructure and stuff, it goes back of, like, mistrust with, like, in our um, government and with our people within our town because, like, there's been stories of, like, people, like, misplacing mis um um, misplacing funds uh there's been Mm -hmm. things where people have been involved with um not trusting the local government because they say that the water's clean but do you actually drink it do you actually use it and then in there's this clip that's in the uh sludge film that um um is like really points out to me it's like when the whole like slurry spill happened um there's one of the um individuals who's involved with it like um, with like the town I forget his name but he was saying like the water was fine nothing to be worried about it's like mud or something and then right there was like the peak of like that's when our town started mistrusting the local system and so it's sad it's like we don't trust our county like legislators or pre- or, or not president lord have mercy but uh, <laughs> our, our town's like you know uh, mayor but not really mayor but like or district like What's it called? Lord have mercy, I'm having to bring The district judge? Yeah, like we're not trusting these magistrates and all these people that are like involved with like helping our county mm-hmm. because we're scared because we've been mis- lied and mistrusted before. So like people coming in and doing these projects and like doing the, all these research, like it kind of timids them a little bit because they're like, w- and, like are we actually going to get help? Or is this just, just another thing for you to put in an article or, or in a book and just place it on the shelf? But this project, we we are making sure and, like, reinforcing, like, we are, this project is not just something to help the University of Kentucky. This is something that we want to impact the community, not just Martin County, but all across eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Because these water issues are not just happening in Martin County. They're happening all over the east, uh, east Kentucky region, all, all over Kentucky, and even in, like, across the nation. So it's just like. And like starting here and as a student and as an individual from Martin County, starting where I'm from and working on the water crisis situation, like hands on has been like an eye opening experience and which has drove my passion to be a activist in water quality rights, not just for Martin County residents, but across the nation. And I've expressed that 
multiple ways through um, the Frankfurt. Um, I was able to speak in Frankfurt and talked about on Social Work Lobby today about the work that I've been doing and of and doing the water weeks and like mm-hmm. talking about the importance of um, clean water, not just um, like water problems and like the importance of taking care of where you live. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's just been a lot of great and amazing work that I've been able to be involved with, but like there's a lot of other key players that's made it possible for me to be here and do the work that I'm doing today, so. Right, and I'm, I'm kind of interested to know, you said three of the four um, participants were from Martin County, but where was the fourth one from? Oh, his name is uh, Jason Unron. He's a professor here at the University of Kentucky. I'm not sure where his like local stance is, but he's a professor here, and he he's the one that's got this pilot project started. Mm-hmm. So he got the grant to be able to participate and get all these vital needs that we need to do to test water. Oh, okay. So, okay. He, but I mean, I think that's important to note though is that yeah, oh, yeah. this guy, this professor, isn't even from there, but he understands the importance of having people who are from the area. Mm-hmm engage and be part of the work and be part mm-hmm. of the story because mm-hmm. i think so many times we've seen in the past where there's been this like you know voyeur journalism idea where oh let's go in and get the sad story and it'll bring attention to our work but the fact that people who are from martin county and who are from the area have been included as like real stakeholders in that project mm-hmm. is, is really encouraging to me to think that there's been a shift in, in that perception and that idea that you got to involve the people who are there. Oh yeah, and like one of the other key players besides like like okay, so I'll tell you I'll tell you our little team that we got. So we got Nina McCoy, who's from Martin County and also president of Martin County Concerned Citizens. Ricky Draper, mm-hmm. who is from originally North Carolina but lived in Martin County for about a year and a half and has been involved with this work, <clears throat> and now lives in Whitesburg. And Jason Unrun, like we just mentioned, and Mary Cromer, who is a lawyer for the Appalachian uh, Citizen Law Center, and is from Whitesburg. And she, um, like, if it wasn't for her, like, getting involved, we wouldn't be able to have this pilot project. Because what she did initially was she saw there's a Facebook page called the Martin County Water Warriors. Mm-hmm. And this Facebook page is for residents and for, um, residents and anybody that's interested about what's going on about the water crisis or um or that's an outsider that can provide like resources and information it's a page where residents can post about their water and within their home what's going on ask questions about um like questions about like what's going to be done or happening just like a page to express their thoughts and feelings about the water mary cromer came across that Mm -hmm. and started to really want to figure out ways how to get involved and to help this town. And so that started like a ripple effect with Mary Cromer coming in and helping and started um, filing these laws and these um, and finding paperwork and regulations of like, this is a social justice issue Mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed. And so that started this whole brigade of things and made like the work that I'm doing possible. So like it wasn't for like, all these people, like, we wouldn't be able to do the work that we're doing and make this um, awareness and this work happen, so. Yeah, I think it definitely um, takes a village, and I've met a couple of those people that you Mm -hmm. have name-dropped, and they are phenomenal. Um, But Michael and I are actually a part of this 
lobbying group. It's called the Mountain Cats Interest Group, and um, it's new. It's with Dr. Shauna Scott. Um, it's new this semester, and we kind of wanted to focus on um, one issue, and, you know, like, we realized that at the end of the day, we are students, and, you know, we're not lawmakers and yeah. things like that, but um, we've kind of wanted to focus on um, the water crisis, so mm-hmm. we've been having mm-hmm. meetings this week, um, mm-hmm. updates to come, hopefully, but uh, we just kind of yeah. wanted to talk about that a little bit, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I think that we connected with a few groups who are engaged in advocacy programs and, and just mm-hmm. advocating for folks in Eastern Kentucky specifically about the water crisis and water management issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been working with a team out of Lichen House, and they've been really helpful to connect us with folks who are on the ground and who are experiencing these issues. Um, But one of the things that we've tried to do is to go through um, pre-filed bills and and look at which ones are, you know, which ones pertain to water quality issues, utilities in general, infrastructural improvements, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And our team has just kind of organized meetings with our personal legislators and different stakeholders just to emphasize the importance of hey, safeguard this, the money that's been proposed for infrastructure improvements, yes. particularly on utility infrastructure, because mm-hmm. we see, you know, part of the issue in Martin County, right, was that water lines were so damaged that yes. you, we were losing, what, 40 to 50% of the water that came from distribution centers? Yes. If not more. I mean, you correct me on that. I'm not sure the, the exact statistic, but... Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah, so in Martin County, like, the pops and lines like throughout the years have not been updated like it's been mm-hmm. like we martin county like those big blue clear fires you know those mm. ones that you see in like articles all the time only one of those works mm. and so whenever this infrastructure was built um in like 1987 i'm not I, that's probably like roughly around that year um that's when uh the infrastructure was built and it only was able to, to circumference 600 local members and that's what we've heard i think that a lot of people you know point to coal severance money like oh you know where'd the coal severance dollars go well Mm -hmm. we don't know but that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that people are being served dirty water and are getting sick because of it you know it's that's it's unfortunate that that money was misused Mm -hmm. i don't know the exact amounts of how much is supposed to be earmarked for you know infrastructure improvements but yeah. The fact at the end of the day is that it hasn't been. And, and as a commonwealth, we have to make sure that we're providing the resources and providing oversight of those resources to make sure that mm-hmm. it's being spent the right way. Yeah. And so I guess just like, I mean, I don't want to sit here and, and point fingers of like where this money went, but I just know that this money was just misuse for the county and it wasn't directed to the main probable cause of why this money was mm-hmm. for the town, for the infrastructure. And so now with this, um, I know that from the past year, SOAR Summit, which is a, I don't know if you all know yeah. it's SOAR. Okay. Oh, we're, okay. oh, yeah. okay. we're, we're plugged sure. in. We were student senators yeah. in high school. Just making sure. Yeah. So um, if um, SOAR, um, if anyone else doesn't know what it is, it's like, you know, this organ, like this big. Shaping our Appalachian region. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. And so this big um, um, organization, this big program that happened last year in Pikeville, I was able to attend and represent the Appalachian Center. And then our governor at the at that time, uh, Matt Bevan, he um, proposed that um, he um, we got two grants, one for infrastructure and one for um, 
one for infrastructure and water qualities and one for uh, manufacturers and like factories and economic economic driven like funding spending in that area so i thought that was really interesting and like also we have these other grants coming in Mm -hmm. that are going to help the infrastructure um and the and the um pipes and lines and this of course is going to take years and years to process and to get through but um there's a very microscopic look on all the funding that's going in to the county now at this time and it's underneath a fine line especially with this private management company that's here now in Appalachia. They're called um, the Alliance uh, Alliance Water Resources and Bell Engineering. And they are from down south, I think, um, don't quote me, I think it's like either Missouri or somewhere down south, but they um, were the only people that wanted to be involved with our project, but they've had good, like, they've done good work within the um, with the areas that they've helped before, so. Yeah, and you mentioning that, I mean, about Governor Bevan and his support for things like this. Mm-hmm. I think that as a group for Mountain Cats Interest Group and the and the lobbying, <laughs> I guess you could call it that, <laughs> uh, work that we're doing, we are, you know, a, a pretty evenly split bipartisan group. Yeah, for and sure. And mm-hmm. we have some really, you know, strong conservative voices in the room, some yeah. really strong liberal voices in Good. the room. And it was interesting to hear the conversation play out and see that this is such a bipartisan issue like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a republican or a democrat yeah. or an independent or mm-hmm. a libertarian or you know it exactly. doesn't matter yeah. you, you we all need clean water right and so right. water is a basic human need like we have to have this vital substance Absolutely. to survive like mm-hmm. we shouldn't have no one in this world no matter where they're from should have to struggle on a day-to-day basis to make sure that they have a clean water the make coffee or to cook their children food or to make sure they can bathe the next day. Like, right. And like just me being from this area and then witnessing it and like living through it and like now gaining more education and working with it. It's just like, if you want to change to happen, you have to be the change and go in there and do it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just sit around and post about it or get upset about it and just sit there and just wonder when something's going to happen. Like if you want change to happen, you have to go in and at least make an attempt effort whether it's talking to your um, leadership within your area, talking to your legislator, like you guys have mentioned, and your senators, or just find some way to voice your concern and try to work towards a, po- a positive outcome for what's happening. And yeah, so. yeah, and by no means do you have to, like, have a heart for Appalachia. Don't get no. me wrong. As much as we would love that. But <laughs> everyone should. <laughs> everyone should. Don't get me wrong. Because it's a great place. It, yeah, it absolutely is. Oh, yeah. But, like... You don't even have to like Appalachia. Like, oh no, like they're people. Yeah, you know. And so it's like, well, we're people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Very strong they there, Stacey. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> no. um, I think it's also worth mentioning that coupled with the misuse of funds, um, I worked in Hazard last summer, and I was talking to the city manager, and our coal severance dollars got slashed like over fifty percent. So mm-hmm. we went from a I'm pretty sure um, he said it went from like $3 million in a fiscal year to 800000 mm. And so it's like if you take it from $3 to $0.80, cents, which is much easier for me to wrap my mind around um, as a college student, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, you know, I just know that that can make all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think going forward, like, like I said before, you know, that, that money – 
was great and uh, some communities used it well some didn't but i think that we're at a point now where if we don't start putting appropriate you know state funding towards fixing these utility lines and improving Mm -hmm. the infrastructure then we're going to be in a hole that we can't dig ourselves out of you know like we're already there to an extent i think Mm -hmm. that numbers that we've heard and you know if we were to go in and fix every or a good number of all the utility infrastructure issues it would be around like 50 million dollars and so we get that that's not going to happen overnight Mm -hmm, but we're still at a point where we can dig ourselves out and Mm -hmm. so if if lawmakers see that understand that understand the importance of the issue Mm -hmm. then we're just hoping that they'll safeguard that appropriations for um infrastructure improvements and like i said particularly the utility infrastructure improvements to close this out um Mm -hmm. i know that you had mentioned that you're doing another water week so can you tell us and and that that might not be fully fleshed out but what's going to go on this week or this semester i guess with water week cool events things that you want people to know about well the water week that's happening like after spring break i'm not technically like in charge of it like the one i was last semester but i have a segment a little tiny segment compared to all the awesome events that are going to go on. And if anyone's interested to see about these events or what's going on, I know there's some events that are going to happen on campus, some that are going to happen around surrounding campuses. Um, If anyone knows these professors, such as like Amanda Gumbert and uh, Stephen, I forget his last name. He was also part of My Water Week. And um, um, Lyndall Ormsbury, like a couple of them, which are the water and engineering side of the world of things. And there's also other professors and people in the city of Lexington that are involved with this project. They're making it more of like a city water week for Lexington. So there's a bunch of things going on within the city of Lexington and in um, UK's campus. And if you go online and just type in a water week for um, Lexington, just on Google search there, you'll get to a link where you should get information about that. But if you have any more questions or want to know more information or who to contact, then you can just email me. You can find me underneath Virginia Mooney. Yes, I know I said my name's Madison Mooney at the beginning, but my first name (laughs) is Virginia. So just find me under Virginia Mooney on uky.edu and you'll, um, and I can link you to the right information for that. Yeah, and also um, the App Center's social media, if you want to plug that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the Appalachian Center, I'm on there as well. I have an Instagram, all you folks with the cell phone, so you can follow me on the Instagram and DM me that way. And the Instagram um, for the App Center is, uh, uh, it's called UK App Center. Uh, the picture is of a large man with a goat. That's the correct page. Go there, <laughs> click follow, and join our adventures on there. There's definitely be postings on there as well. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions about Water Week, um, just more nitty-gritty details about all the events. Mm-hmm. I can point you to the right direction of the final layout by – I think we're, we're supposed to get the final layout by the end of the week. So once that links up, I'll be able to send away. Yeah, and we students. can definitely post about it. And if anybody has any questions, they can find us on Facebook through our Instagram or, mm-hmm. you know, anything Yeah, um, like that. It's usually – me, Madison, Grace, Emily, Dr. Ingalls, somebody is on the Instagram at all times. So yeah, <laughs> um, don't you worry about that. You will be answered if you contact us. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Absolutely. Well, Madison, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. No, thank Um, you all for having me here. It's been awesome. We loved hearing about it. Um, You did awesome, but I mean, knew you would. Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) I'm a big fan. I really am. (laughs) Um, All righty. Well, that seems to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all so much for listening to this second episode of the Hollerback Podcast. We hope you enjoyed uh, what we had to talk about today. And if you have any suggestions on podcast topics, feel free to send them our way. Um, But stay tuned here in the next couple weeks for another episode about Appalachian health and wellness. Um, It's kind of all tied in together, really. But, well, in the meantime, I'm Michael. And I'm Stacy. And And we'll we'll holler holler at you later. later.